0: it's so good to see you this morning Uh, my name is gabriel um my last name is it's a challenge but uh you can call me gabriel um fine Jankulovic would be my last name i'm i'm not gonna have you ask to spell it this morning but we're so thrilled you're here and um I'm so excited. Um, I can barely contain myself to, to know that I'm here. And, and just to be here with you, um, I got a phone call this morning from Russell. And uh it was pretty early and, and I I I was thinking, Hi Russell, are you in Africa? you know, and, and he said, No, I'm in Washington DC and uh, as you know Russell went to Africa and and he says he says, I, I just wanna call you and to say that I'm praying for you this morning as, as you come and share God's word. And I said, Oh that's wonderful I said, Well what do you want me to tell near town? Uh, from you, uh, I'm going to be there, what what would you want me to tell them? And he said, please tell them that I love them very much. Um, I can't wait to get home and to spend some time with them this week and to reconnect and, uh, and for my family, uh, just let them know that uh, we we are ready to come and help them out and, and, and we, we will be there soon. So I said, "No problem. I'll make sure that I'll I'll I'll, I'll send that message to you." And uh, um, I got to know Russell in my systematic theology class. We took uh, we went to seminary together, and we were sitting next to each other in, in our uh, systematic theology classes and, and we were thinking really hard about theological issues but that's not what I want you to do this morning this morning I want you to relax I want you to have a good time and I want you to uh, have your mind just just relax I, I, there's nothing hard about uh, what we're going to do uh, but it's God's word and as, as, uh, as we read and as we figure out God's purpose into our life, it's just so encouraging to hear the words that uh, James is is writing to us. And James, uh, as, as you know, it's a practical book, it's literally just filled with nuggets that help you just like i said not think very hard about it just just in your face and so i hope that this morning you would leave encouraged and yet challenged and uh, my prayer is that the lord would open up our hearts as we as we read his word this morning so would you please stand with me as we honor god's word and uh, as we stay in in His presence, you know, do you realize? I was as I came here and I stood here up front. You realize that we are going to spend eternity together. You realize that we are going to be together. I just so wish to connect with you. You're so many here, and and I'm just thinking, I will see you. I will know you in heaven. And it's just so encouraging that uh, this is so much different than any other meetings that you can go to. Is that the saints are gathering this morning. So let's read God's word this morning from James chapter 2. James chapter 2 starting with verse 1. If you do not have a Bible, we have a Bible in the back. Please feel free to grab it and and the page is... One, two, one, six. And um, we, we will read together in our minds and hearts these words that are spoken to us. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in good places, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, Have you not then made distinction among yourself and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers. Has not God chosen these who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of kingdoms? which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into courts? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill royal law according to the scripture you shall love your neighbor as yourself you are doing well but if you show partiality you are committing sin and are convicted by the law of transgression for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's pray. Father God, you are a merciful Father who looks upon us and delights on the saints gathering together in, in this beautiful morning. And Lord, I pray that you open up our hearts and our minds to glorify you even further. I pray, Lord, for the messenger this morning that he would delight into your word and that you would take over and just emanate to your people, to us, O Lord, the things that we ought to learn and rest upon. Thank you, Lord, for the leadership of this place here this ministry. I thank you for Russell as he is coming back. And Lord, I pray that your love would fill our hearts as we look deep into your eyes this morning. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I came in America in 1996. I was 19 years old. I just left my mom and dad. I left my brother. My dad would make $50 a month. He was a tailor. He would make clothes. And I had to say goodbye to my church. I was working in a ministry that was... It was, it was for the deaf. Uh, it, was, it would be a ministry that we would sign and use sign language in our worship. And now they were at the airport uh, saying goodbye to me. It was a funeral. They even had banners. And they had a banner saying, we're going to miss you, we love you. It was crazy. I never thought I would be so popular until I had to leave Romania. So uh, I said goodbye to them. And as I was walking through my plane, I looked back and I could see them. And now I'm going to this new country that speak a different language that I know. As a matter of fact, I was so appalled of my teachers asking me to learn English in one of my classes. I chose German instead because I thought I'll never need it. And so now I had to go to this country, which all I knew is, uh, you know, the show Dallas on TV or, you know, um, and and my English was was pretty good, I thought. I knew, God bless you, have a nice day, and give me a break. (laughs) Those were the three things that I knew. So I thought that I could get a good handle on this thing, America. And so now I was going, uh, I was going through... Uh, through, through the plane, and I, I couldn't find my seat. I'd never flown before. I had no idea what flying means. I, I, I had, had no idea. So I was seated by a nice lady sitting me down, and, and uh, several times she came and asked me something that I couldn't quite understand, and, and I just said no. And, and I became really hungry by the time that we landed on Chicago. Hair, but then I was wondering if 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 the food was if if whoever bought me the ticket, which is a sponsor, I, I was wondering if he thought about that I should be eating, but I didn't have any proof that. So I got in Chicago hair. I, I was pretty darn exhausted, and now you have to understand: it's not just hobby; it's Chicago hair. And I get down the plane and this city, literally this city is, is, is just in, in this building. And um, I had a lady coming, uh, had my name on, on a piece of paper. And she would then lead me to this hotel within, within the airport. It's crazy. Uh, they, have an air, they have a hotel in the airport. And, I don't know, the name of it was Hilton, or some Hilton was the name of it. And um, and so the lady led me through the concierge right there, and and she started firing questions at me. I didn't know what she was asking, so politely I responded in Romanian, Would you mind repeating again? And, of course, she fired more questions, and. So maybe sign language helps, and uh, I tried to motion and gesture, and it didn't work. Um, however, I figure out by the time that she was rambling this to me, she showed a picture to a passport, so I grabbed my passport, I gave it to her and and we were both exhausted at the end of our conversation. This funny guy came with a funny hat and dress and funny, uh, funny clothes um, and uh, he he grabbed my bag and I said, "Fine, you can have it 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 only it it only has a toilet paper roll, a toothbrush, some changes that anyone should have while traveling, a Bible, so you can have it. Um, and then the lady was trying so hard to uh, give me this card, and that's when everything was just not going well. My dad told me that if I go to America to be very aware because Americans are in debt with credit cards and I should not in any rate accept a credit card because I do not want to become in debt and this lady was pushing this card on me and I just gently said no, um, well the guy in funny hat and funny clothes uh, kindly took the credit card and placed it on his hand, took my bag and escorted me to my room and took the credit card and placed it in the door and opened this door with this view of Chicago and he just let put the bag down there and, and um, I was just in awe, just looking at the skylight, that's Chicago and you know the, the window was open and and there was a f- nice room, it had a big TV screen and, and it was just incredible and so what was I to do? You know I only had $50 in my pocket, that's all I had, I couldn't order dinner you know But that's all I had. And I thought to myself, what an experience. God, how are you going to take care of me? I literally, I am poor in a rich context. How are you going to take care of me? And then I was reminded of Abraham. How God asked him to live his country and go to a land he did not know and just follow after God and I said, I guess you'll have to take care of me. I guess I'm in your hands. So this morning um, we will talk a little bit about this dichotomy between being poor and being rich. And having material and having none. And that's what James is trying to tell us this morning. He's trying to make us think. I told you, James is practical. He's trying to look at circumstances and situations to brighten our mind that we should have no partiality when it comes to people that we interact. And in verse 1 he declared fourthly exactly the purpose that he will be talking. He says, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So what really happened here? What is the problem? Well, the context is we have this Jewish folk that have been going to church and and now we have Uh, different social class coming to church and they couldn't figure out how to reconcile the poor with the rich. They would have a protocol that it was broken. It was much more directed and appreciative to the rich and the poor was kind of marginally Um, thought of. And so now James is telling us, I think you have it backwards. And I think in our culture, we have it backwards also. Now I know this is a challenging text in the context that we are in. We're in America and we have everything we can possibly think of and it's very hard to speak with Americans about poor people. Forgive me, but it is difficult. And, 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 and some people try to make excuses and they try, you know, I have an apartment, I'm trying to pay rent and so on and so on, but, but let me tell you something, if you have enough money to buy a bus ticket to take you from downtown to your home or to whatever, then you're probably in the one percentile of the world population that is capable of doing so. So I want to challenge you this morning to say to you that you are not the poor that the Scripture is thinking of, and that's why I admire Russell's ministry and others' ministry who go uh, who go away from America and 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 try to try to understand. What is it to love your neighbor? And as we look into the scripture, this thought, this word comes and not only here in this text about loving your neighbor, well let me have let me give you some news some to you maybe. They're not talking about your neighbor, your literal neighbor. I think your neighbor is fine. They're talking about the poor, the Misunderstood. While I was preparing yesterday and 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 getting ready for the sermon, uh, I get a phone call. And uh, his name is James. He is uh, a, uh, a youth minister. He's called me. Said, Gabriel, I'm calling you because, and I've been trying to call you. I can not get a hold of you. And you know, I'm sorry. I, he says, Gabriel. Um, my dad is dying of cancer. He is dying. He's literally I don't know what to do. Um, he's not a believer, and we tried so hard to minister to him, and he's not listening even now, and he's dying. He, he's, he's not listening. And, and, uh, and, and I was just listening to him. What can you say to uh, a son who's losing his dad? And, and I said, "You know, James, I, I, I'm going to talk about you on my. Sermon. I said, "Really, what what are you going to say?" I said, "Well, I'm preaching from James. So that alone, your name will be mentioned there." And uh, and he said, "Okay. So what will you talk about?" And uh, I said, "I I am going to talk about this dichotomy of how do we receive the poor and how should we interact as a church? What is our? How do we do?" ministry and, and this gathering amongst ourselves knowing that there are poor people out there and how do we integrate and, and, and he very gently said to me, he said, you know, that's one of the questions that I have you know, we don't really have poor, I mean we have uh, we have some and and, um, and I, said, I said, he said, who would be the poor that I, I must love? And I said, well, it seems to me that your dad is one of those poor. Um, He doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't he doesn't understand the Gospel and well, why would I do that? You know, he's been so mean to me all my life And, and so I think that the poor that the scripture is talking about is hidden in your context where God is is helping you understand and helping you grasp and and figure it out and I'm sure that if you think uh, really hard you will figure out who the poor is in in your life and uh, for James I think do believe that his father is is one of the poor that he needs to minister to and so that's what uh, that's what this dilemma is in in the book of James in chapter 2 how do we reconcile and so what they were doing is they were receiving well these rich but not so well the poor as a matter of fact they were uh, they were treated badly and he goes further to say Have you not then made distinction among yourself and become judges with evil thoughts? And not only that you make this distinction between the people that you ought to pay more attention or that you ought more to love, but then you're so foolish that you have become a judge and you you have made the decision who is worthy of your love and who's not worthy of your love. That's foolishness. And I think that we are very much able to do, to make that, to make that step, to say, I can love him, but not her. And I can, I can appreciate him, but not her, him. And in our minds, we're very capable of mistreating people in this way, which to us, they are poor. They are poor uh, skilled in their social skills, they are poor in their mannerism, they are poor socially, they are poor, they don't fit with our frame, and we have a problem. And now, not only that we have become uh, judges over them, but we no longer are able to appreciate them. I began by saying to you that I want so much to capture this moment as we worship together and to look at you if I could look in your eyes every one of you and really admire you and to say you know I'm gonna spend eternity with you I mean that is freaky I will spend my life with you, I will know you. And now, we have to practice this here. In other words, I'm gonna have to figure out how to love you well and how, it's, you're no longer just somebody in near town to me. Now you are brothers and sisters. And uh, this is what James is trying to capture our minds into and to get us to understand. You don't realize that you are a brother and a sister and I have to treat you just as if I do care and I do want to know about you, able to understand your needs. Not like a rich person. That I I just want some money from you or I don't know what, some dollar signs or some emotional fulfillment or whatever that is, but that I really am intended to know you as my brothers and a sister. And he goes further, he's, I like James because he is explaining to this Jews, you would think that it would make sense when he just tells us, show no partiality, that would be done. But not only that he explains why that is wrong, which is wrong to be judges in that manner, but then... He then explained that if you really fulfill, in verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressor. He's telling him, you who are Jewish, you should know that you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be partial to... Some people, and, and you know, and uh, you are breaking the law. And then he's saying, he's saying to him, "Watch this." He say, "Watch this. If you say I believe that you shouldn't commit adultery, and you, I'm sticking with that law, and I'm being faithful to my wife, and so forth, but yet go and commit murder. That doesn't mean that you are okay. It means that you are a criminal." just as if you say that you know i can i can love these people but not love these people and so he's trying to he's trying to bring it home for us and to make us realize that we are not to do that more than that he's he's telling us he says you know look at the rich what have they done for you people mm, There are able to play with, you know, with your money and and your income and your uh, whatever, you know, they they are fine. Um, The sad part about this, James is telling us, is that we ought to understand In verse 5, listen, my beloved brother. Has not God chosen these who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? He's saying the problem is that you've got it backwards. You think that the rich should be appreciated and adorned and so forth? Yet the poor are the ones who have something to teach you about what really richness is. And that's why we ought to be concerned about the poor. We had a project way back with um, our church. Um, uh, We got really fascinated about this royal law, to love your neighbor and to love God. And we realized that it's just not enough to say, well, I love God so much, but yet do nothing about the poor. And, uh, and and we got really convicted, and, and, and while I was preaching the series, some of the younger people at our church came and says, Gabriel, let's do it. Let's, do, let's be a minister to the poor. I said, where? Here? Yes, here. I said, well, okay, so what do you want to do? Well, here's what we want to do. Uh, we're going to feed the poor. I said, you're going to feed the poor? Okay. What are you going to do? Well, we, we are going to bake some turkey. And the ladies got at the church and they were so excited and so, and the guys got, you know, they were cleaning stuff. And when they got ready and, and um, they had all these meals. And, and I said, okay, so who, who are we going to give these meals to? Because, and he said, well, you're going to find them, Gabriel. I said, I say, great. So uh, how, how much, how long do I have until I find them? Well, I think that uh, we can handle two weeks or so, but get busy. So we we were having Thanksgiving. And, you know, we, we were having Thanksgiving. And all of a sudden, Thanksgiving was wonderful with family. But all of a sudden, in our hearts, we were like, we have all this... Food and what are we going to do with this food? And, 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 and we just said, let's just get in the car and drive around. And we certainly got in the car. I took Karen with me, uh, my four year old, and we were driving in, in we, we were just literally driving around. And, and, and I said, let's, let's go downtown because I remember I saw some homeless people. And so we went downtown. And I can't even remember the street, but I remember I turned under a bridge. And I just saw a lot of homeless people there. You guys know a little bit this neighborhood's here. you know what I'm talking about there. Yeah. And so I had my little you know turkey you know thing and some you know Thanksgiving dinner, and I was handing I had some plates and some cups, and I was handing them, and all of a sudden, my mind went, "Oh. There are some people. Okay, okay. So I went. You know, I was so proud about it. I, I went back to my group that I was preaching to, and I said, "I think I found the poor people." So we got all in the cars, and now I was like, "Lord, please let them be there." I hope, Lord. I hope there's if if maybe more people can become poor, so we can feed them for our thing now, and then we'll, we go back and and sure enough, we drove in, and and we we got all these. And the young people were just amazed at the fact that there are people not too far from here that live under the bridge. And they just start crying and the Lord starts to minister to them. There's something about the poor that God speaks to us and ministers to our heart. And there's something about their situation that makes us understand, appreciate, and love God more. Let me challenge you this morning just like um, James has in verse 2, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. What kind of law, what kind of measure do you use when you look at people? Is it your measure of your standards? Is your ruler like, you know, the, your eyes and, and your standards on how you measure people? Or is it the liberty that Christ had by Him dying on the cross for for you and me, just indiscriminately? So my challenge to you this morning is: is what kind of ruler are you using when you look at your brothers and sisters? Is it your your ruler and your understanding? Um, I pray that. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I pray that you are merciful as you look at your brothers and sisters and that you're loving towards them and you get to understand their heart and their life and and what they're all about. And that's, that's the challenge for us this morning. Let me ask you, Do you really take serious your meetings when you come here? Do you really think like that? Do you think that we are going to spend eternity together? Do you really think on, okay, church is 11 to 12, and it's nice to see everybody, and and we're going for lunch. How intentional are we to be for our brothers and sisters in, 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 in in our neighborhood? And outside of our neighborhood, loving others because we have to love God, and love our neighbors. And cannot you cannot? If you look in First John, you cannot say horizontal, vertical, and got to kind of no, both. Yes, got to love God. Got to love your neighbor. Can't just love God and then later love your neighbor, or, or try to figure out. I hope that the Lord is challenging this morning. I hope that you, are, you understand and you're relaxed enough to say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have to be more intentional about loving others. Let's stand this morning as, as the Lord is speaking to your hearts, as He is ministering to you and ministering to me. Who out there do I need to reach to and reach and, and, and bless who out there I need to love on, and and who here? Who, there's somebody here that I need to love, and um, I so loved Russell when he called me this morning. I said, "Well, what do you want me to tell? You? Just tell him that I love him, and that I can't wait to see him, and uh, I can't be. I can't wait to be around them. And uh, this week, I will tell him that this week I will spend time with them. I'm gonna." Uh, uh, This is crazy. I mean, you don't find pastors like that anymore. I mean, you go around and they're like, got to close their Bible and they're out of here. And we ought to be loving. We ought to be intentional about our relationship. And we ought to care for the ones in need and the ones that are poor. I want you this morning to bow your head and, and I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you to speak to you in what areas of your life you need helping and what areas of your life the Lord is, is ministering to and what is it that you, how do, should you respond? How should you care for the poor in your life? Who, who are those poor people in your life? Who is that soul That needs to be ministered. How do you respond to them? maybe it would help you to know that Jesus is the perfect example of how we should respond Um, came into this world into this world God coming down here and loving you and I really really and not just loving you, but going to the cross for you. Something he has no, no part of, sin. And now wanting to reconcile him and us together. Just as we should reconcile the poor and the lost to God. Maybe that should motivate us to really care for the poor. To have a ministry of restoration as Jesus did.